The following program is sponsored by Marty McClendon and West Coast Windows. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Well, good morning all across the ACN network. Whether you're in Spokane, whether you're in Tri-Cities, whether you're in Wenatchee, I love Central and Eastern Washington. Obviously, I grew up over there from the age of five until I graduated high school and then moved over to the west side. And I'm still wondering if that was the right thing to do. Most of my friends went to WSU or Eastern Washington or got uh, jobs in the trades. I think I was the only one from my high school initially in my year to go to the the University of Washington. So I'm still a Husky, but man, it's gotten crazy leftist over there in the Seattle area. But anyway, this is Marty McClendon. This is, in my opinion, uh, a show that I come to you every Saturday morning to kind of highlight a few stories, either national stories, state stories, local stories that I think are important from a Christian perspective that those that are involved or um, see civic engagement from afar, whether it be the economy whether it be your, the real estate market, uh, even some medical stuff as well. Um, I have a background, obviously, 15 years in healthcare, uh, over a decade in, in ministry. That sounds crazy. Um, obviously, about a decade now on radio. And then, uh, gosh, um, talking about decades, almost three decades, two and a half decades in real estate uh, to, to just start. And then, and probably now, right out of decade, um, involved in politics in some way or another, running for office, serving and whatever. So my heart really is a Christian worldview with the importance of being engaged in our community, being engaged in our family, being engaged in the things that affect our neighbors, ourselves, our family, too, that we make a difference, right? What do you do with what you were given? So this show really is... And me pontificating me, uh, my, my uh, um, I guess, perspective, which is a worldview, Christian worldview, but it's a Christian worldview where God said, go into all the world and occupy until I return. He said, go out and preach the good news, right? To all the nations, all the, that means all the spheres. That means business. You can't be a Sunday only Christian. You have to be a seven day a week, 365 day a year Christian. I mean, which, which means everything you do, soccer coach, um, father, husband, uh, wife, uh, child, brother, uh, and so on and so on, you're always a Christian. It's not like you pick and choose when you're a Christian. And I think all too often, that's what we see. This is not indicting people. I mean, we've all done it, right? Here's my Christian hat. I'll put, take it on, take it off. Uh, and I'll put it on when, I, and when things convict me. But it's not. It's something that we wear. It's who we are. It's our identity. Since the world's so uh, hooked on identity right now, the true identity is we're made in God's image. We're made uh, from before the foundations of time, is what the Word of God says, that He knew us, that He formed us and knitted us in our mother's womb. Um, and He's numbered the days, just like He's numbered the hairs on our head on this earth. Uh, all of that goes to a loving God, a good God, and these things. So this idea of identity is that's where we find our true identities. When we find ourselves submitted to, uh, died to self, and say, Lord, live in me and live through me, 
That's when our identity is true, when we find out who we were really meant to be. God's creation, not what the world's telling us to be, what not what some woke teacher or drag queen is telling our kids that God made a mistake. No, there's an all-knowing God that made you for a purpose for at a time such as this, which is the old Esther 414 scripture verse. But as like always, before I get way ahead of myself on the show, um, we always start with the Word of God, and I always pull up, and today it's a random pull from version as, as well, but if it convicts and speaks to me personally, I'm hoping that it speaks to you as well. And in a, in a nation right now, in a state right now, with a whole lot of things that we can get really negative about, um, because it gets really dark, right? The word of today is first, that's like the first or second, first Peter, so the first book of Peter, which is in the New Testament after the uh, Gospels, uh, chapter 5, verse 7. So verse and chapter. First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 7, in the Amplified Version, of course, which is my favorite. I like them all, but I still like this one just because of the extra possible meanings, if you will. So here it is. It says, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries and all your concerns once and for all on him, that's Christ, for he cares about you with the deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. So that's 1 Peter 5, 7 in the Amplified Version says, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on him, for he cares about you with the deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. That's really reassuring. And I love the fact that in the Amplified Version, they keep on saying all. All your cares, all your worries, all your anxieties, once and for all. Meaning, do it once, cast them all, and leave them there. Don't pick them back up again. I think that's where I struggle. So oftentimes I give them to God, cast my cares upon him, and then I go, Oh, I might need that. <laughs> I'll take that one back or I'll add a new one instead of continually to cast my cares once and for all uh, onto the Lord because he cares about me. And I think that's another thing too as human beings, uh, Christians or non-Christian, uh, we struggle with the idea that someone could love us with that much affection. We hear that the God of the universe, the God who created all things and sustains it, the God that created you and me, loves us so much. We hear John 3.16 that he sent his only begotten son uh, to the earth to live a perfect life, to be crucified and die, and to be uh, going, you know, to pay the price for our sin, to atone uh, our sin, to redeem us back, and to be rose again on the third day. The idea that he had to go through the suffering and, and death and um, to atone for our sin, that God loved us, that he sent his only begotten son to do so, is hard until you accept it, and then you go further. That no matter how much we screw up, and trust me, I screw up all the time. And that's a uh, non-churchy term, meaning I mess up. I miss the mark. I fall short all the time. And then uh, knowing that God loves us, that God has the deepest affection and watches over us, Wow, and of course, uh, those don't get all crazy. You still have a choice. You have a choice. You have to accept his mercy. You have to accept his grace. He offers it freely, 
But it is a gift you have to accept. It is one that you have an exchange, if you will. Yes, Lord, you be the Lord of the life, not me. I'm not God. You're God. There's an, there's an acceptance of, Jesus, you did it. You paid the price. I couldn't do it my, myself. I um, continually fall short. Therefore, I accept your free gift of atonement and as replacement. You're standing in the gap that I get accredited your goodness, your righteousness, and you took on my sinfulness. And I don't mean to start the show talking about um, the salvation and so forth, but it's just on my heart. That's the word of the day is to cast our cares. I know how struggle, how much of a struggle that may be. And so that's, well, you know, as, as you are led to go, that's where we go. So I hope that encouraged you today that you are loved, that God loves you, that you, you have a choice, that today, if you're carrying burdens, if you're carrying a heavy, heavy weight, um, cast it all. He said, give it to him. He said, my yoke is light. Yeah, your burden shouldn't be that heavy. And if you're carrying things you shouldn't be carrying, uh, he says, cast them all once and for all onto me because he cares for us with the deepest affection and watches over us. So let's let's put our trust in God today. Um, if you've been a Christian a long time or a Christian and a brand new Christian or a non-Christian, um, why don't you give God a shot today and say, hey, uh, God, if you're real, uh, come into my life. Um, I... Um, Ask you for forgiveness for my sins, right? The, the whole salvation prayer. I won't necessarily lead you all through it, because you're probably all Christians that are listening to the show. Um, but some Christians I know uh, have been a Christian their entire life. And some Christians are radically saved out of the world. I was one of those. And I've, you know, uh, backslidden. I've done mistakes. I've ran from God. I've been the prodigal son, all those things. But I came to Christ later in life. I always knew God. I always believed in God. But the idea that I needed a personal savior, that Jesus was Lord and Savior, that um, that I had to uh, repent and receive him, that was later in life. And so I come in at it with a, a passion um, and enthusiasm, just like Doug, uh, my co-host on our other show, Doug and Marty versus the World, that same kind of intensity when you realize what you've been saved from. And I won't go too deep into this, but when I was saved... Uh, we had our son, wasn't married, all kinds of stuff that I shouldn't be doing, running from the Lord. My wife got radically saved, but she was done with me. She wasn't my wife at the time. Um, and then she she changed. She she went from this angry, bitter, uh, unforgiving person to a forgiving, loving, uh, um, just craving the word of God, just a wonderful, light-filled person. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> I was shocked, and I wanted to know more. And then as six months later, she led me to the Lord. And then, of course, I think it was like six months after that, we were married. Um, and then now it's been almost 23 years that we've been married. And God is good, but he saved me. Because I realized when I was where I was, it was empty, empty. I, I had lots of toys, a lot of uh, financial things. I had a lot of um, whatever, success, if you call it from the world standpoint, but I was empty absolutely empty and and dark uh wasn't you know i wasn't a bad guy but but i was does that make sense anyway um i was freed up to be who god's made me to be and i gotta remember that on a regular basis i gotta remind myself of where he brought me from uh, and not wanting to return to that oftentimes your old way of life can be attractive in certain times i think those are times where we grow 
uh, we may fall down and get back up again. So all of that, um, once again, was not intentional today. But I think it was important that we, I, I hear it and you hear it as well. So shifting to, before we get to the news and the stories in the state that really matter to all of us, yeah, I'm looking at the 2024 presidential election, the 2024 governor, governor, whatever, governor election in Washington State. Yeah, I know it's gubernatorial, but it's hard to say, even for me on the radio. Um, and But it's the local races, right? The school board, the, the filing week was literally next week. So uh, next week, the Monday after this, the, a week from today, the Monday after that, so like it's just over a week from now, um, filing week begins. That means if you're running for anything, if you've considered running for anything, now's your opportunity. And many of these offices, as Doug said on our other show, are free to file, meaning you can put your name on the ballot, uh, you submit an online form, and that's it. You may not even have to raise money, the idea. And then about 3,000 races across the state go unchallenged, uh, meaning one person's on the ballot and they get elected. So if you've ever thought about, ever had the impulse to serve, look on your county uh, uh, auditor site, the uh, assessor site, and look for elections. Look into Spokane County elections, Benton County elections, Franklin County elections, Chelan County elections, whatever it may be. Look up. And when I did a look uh, two weeks ago, there was about 200 races uh, available on your ballot this year. August and, and November for local races, the ones that affect your day-to-day um, life more than anything, uh, what your kids are being exposed to in school, where your tax dollars are going to at the local level, roads and, and uh, you know community service and, and parks and permitting and all the things that affect housing costs and so forth are done at the local level. Uh, your water costs, your electricity costs, all those things are affected by those that we elect and oftentimes overlook during this season. So all of that, we're going to get to more, but I want to just plug the fact if you've got the impulse or you know somebody that would be good, look at the list. There's, a, like I said, 200 positions. And they're not all big, fancy, shiny things, and, and a lot of them don't pay anything. So it's a volunteer elected position in some of these cases but what a great way to get started. What a great way to give back to your neighborhood, to your community, uh, and to get exposed for the very first time for some people um, to public life, so civic life. Obviously, uh, ask for people to pray for you and support you and so forth, but th- this is the time. So encourage you to, to do that. So this is a good place to do a little, a little infomercial, if you will. I'm talking about those that like this show uh, or like our show at 10 o'clock with Doug called Doug and Marty versus the world can listen to podcasts, meaning the rebroadcast of these shows um, anytime you want to. Uh, I post them on Anchor, which is now part of Spotify, but then it also sends them over to Apple iTunes, to Amazon um, podcasts and so forth. So most generally anywhere you listen to your podcasts, you can find us. So in, in this show would be in my opinion by Marty McClendon or just ask for Marty McClendon. Or uh, play Doug and Marty versus the world. You can find it there t- as well. We have old archives of our previous show called Eyes on Washington. Those are pretty good too. Obviously dated from when they were. Um, but check it out. You can listen to, to rebroadcast, listen to this show again, listen to previous shows. And as always, 
you can email this show at morningshowmarty at gmail.com or find me on Facebook. Uh, obviously, our other show, Doug and Marty vs. the World, we have our page, we have a website, and so forth as well. That's dougandmarty.com, just for your reference, because um, oftentimes people listen to this show, probably listen to that show as well. Anyway, that said, I want to talk about Washington State um, politics, and we'll get to some national stuff as well. Obviously, the focus needs to be on local politics. This is where we build the bench. Republican, Democrat, independent, non-party involved. There's, there's That divide between the parties is getting larger. And uh, Doug and I had a conversation about that on today's show as well. The fact that the um, Democrat Party's gone, gone way to the left, and they've left some of their... I guess you would call them blue dog Democrats away. And they're kind of stranded in the independent area, right? The wider middle. The Republican Party has gone too far to the left as well. So you've left a lot of the conservatives sort of out of the loop as well, conservative Christians. And then you always had a block of Christians who just weren't involved, weren't registered. And so you have these two parties that are really aren't representing a large portion of the population. Um, but yet they, it's a binary choice. So really, we've got to ch- make a choice, which one aligns more values, and then work to, ch- to move one of those binary choices closer to the values that represent us in Washington, uh, our values. And of course, I would be a conservative Christian values. I would m- want to move the party back to its actual platform on the Republican side. I still want to move the Democrat Party back towards the center as well, away from uh, all this sort of, this sexualization, this um, anti-God. I mean, I, I say this, but it's the only way to look at it. When you become God yourself, you reject God. When you break down the family, you reject God's purpose for the family. When you change your gender, you reject God's design of male and female. I mean, it, whatever you call it, you may be offended, be offended. The idea here is when you, God has a way laid it out, here's here's what the God's plan was, and you go just the opposite, that's anti-God. Anti-biblical, anti-whatever you want to call it. I got in trouble before for saying that about um, the views of my former opponent. It wasn't about his belief, it was about his views, what he did. He advocated for abortion on demand. He advocated for same-sex marriage. He advocated for all these things openly. I said, that's anti-God. It, it, it doesn't line up with the Word of God. Now, I know that lying doesn't. I know that adultery doesn't. I know that all these things that um, it doesn't just, I'm not just picking and choosing. I'm just saying this is what the Word of God says. All of that said is uh, that these are issues that are important, and now we have this the both parties kind of going down where culture is. You know, it's supposed to follow culture, but and church is supposed to drive culture, but it seems like church and politics are following culture. And who's driving culture? Media, uh, music, entertainment, all these things that are sold out, in many cases, openly uh, demonic uh, um, displays, right, on the award show and so forth. Um, we've got to change that, and I've talked to many pastors about that. Let's re-engage the community. Let's go out and, and fight for restoring fathers to homes. Let's go and fight for restoring our community and taking back control and having a church be a voice, not trying to blend in, not trying to be cool or popular, but actually speaking the truth of God. Because the word of God doesn't return void. We've been told that. Preach the word of God. People will come. It's not about tenant, but they will come. They will be convicted, and you will start changing your community. 
Yes, I'm preaching to the pastors now, right? And it's not just pastors. It's, it's lay leaders. It is church members. It is, we've been called to be in the game, and a lot, many of us are on the sidelines, civically, spiritually, um, business-wise. Um, we compartmentalize so many things. It's time to, to get off the bench, get in the game, and save this country, our counties, our states, and so forth. Now, let's talk about the 2024 governor's election. It's going to be crazy. First of all, uh, I'm there. Are, Bob Ferguson, the attorney general, has been chomping at the bit in his plan to run for governor, um, basically from the first term of Jay Inslee. Jay Inslee is now serving out the second half of his third term, which has only been done once in state history, which was Dan Evans, uh, uh, a moderate Republican, if you will, but he, he did. It's not been done since, um, hopefully not done again, uh, it's, but it, there's no rule or law in Washington State about just two terms for governor, which is interesting. Uh, I mean, we may want to change that, uh, even no matter if it's a, our guy or their guy. That said, uh, Inslee probably has plans to run for a president again, which I think is absolutely hilarious. Um, but Bob Ferguson, Bob Ferguson is a clever, he's a politician, he is very um, left. He's one of those guys that uh, he's more dangerous than Jay Inslee. Inslee was a useful dunce um, told by both the left and the right. Anybody that knew, knows him from when he very early on in his career, not the brightest tool in the uh, shed, but he was useful. Looked good on TV, could uh, read a teleprompter, um, was useful for uh, uh, advancing an agenda in a um, very left um you know, basically a majority party rule for many, many years. So uh, basically, this is the way in this state. There you go. He's been running. Bob Ferguson, like I said, has been in, in the wings waiting and waiting and waiting. When, when Jay Inslee ran for his third term um, two years ago, if you will, um, it really bottlenecked all the other Democrats. So you had, you know, Dow Constantine in Seattle. You had um, Hillary Franz, the... Um, the, what's that, public lands person, right? Um, Commissioner of Public Lands, that's what it is. And then you had, um, gosh, who else? There was like a dozen, if you will, big-name Democrats chomping at the bit to be governor. Well, the four-year wait, the additional term, has knocked out a few of those, like Dow Constantine and some others that that had talked about running, including some Republicans that were going to run a couple years ago before Inslee decided. Bob Ferguson... Didn't waste a moment. He declared for governor. Like I said, he is dangerous. He's run um, the attorney general's office. He's sued Donald Trump a bajillion times. He's defended the uh, basically the hiding of our children to get transgender surgery. He's dedicated uh, taxpayer dollars um, to make this a sanctuary state to defend against uh, uh, gender reassignment surgery. Um, he is he is not a good guy. He cannot be governor. I understand we've got to do everything we can to keep him out. But there are other names on the Democrat side as well. I'm talking about Democrats right now because that's the news of the, the week, if you will. Um, Hillary Franz is going to run. She's also, um, she's pretty good on the stump, meaning, uh, and she's very flirty, if you will, which got her really, I saw her run when she won the office against uh, Steve, um, gosh, I forgot his name now. He's, he's a friend, too. Good guy, good candidate. Um, I don't think she should have won. I don't think she's done a great job. But she does. Uh, she's a good politician, if you will. She's good at um, 
building bridges. So she's got some Republican support as well, but she's also very dangerous, but she's not as dangerous as Ferguson. Apparently there's Mark Mullet, who is a uh, senator over in Bellevue. Some, for whatever reason, the, in, um, the Republicans, the mainstream Republicans like this guy because he's a more moderate, quote-unquote, Democrat. That, that That's just annoying. But um, if he's the option between Ferguson and Franz, I, I suppose. But I just hate um, holding our nose when it comes to, oh, the lesser of two ev- evils, right? That's just not the way we're supposed to. But we're supposed to be pray that the right candidate, which, you know, comes out, they still have a year, if you will, to file for 2024, but literally the campaign season for 2024 has already begun amidst the 2023 campaign season. So I'll make it quick. Semi Bird, we had him on on Doug and Marty versus the world. Very engaging uh, school board member, jumping up to run for governor. Got a, He's a long shot, but he's a good guy. He'd be a good governor on the Republican side. Jim Walsh, uh, well outspoken, been on a show many times, also contemplating a run for governor. I heard JT Wilcox is contemplating a run for governor, which makes sense because I, I kind of called that when he said he's going to step down from leadership in the House. Um, all those things line up to be, uh, again, in 2020, we had, what, 20 candidates for governor? And 2016, we had, it's we can't shoot ourselves in the foot. We've got to get behind one candidate, just like we did Tiffany Smiley, and to give us a shot in a statewide election. I've been through a few of these as lieutenant governor. It is crazy, and it's hard to get out of the primary. And when you do, man, you got, you've got you used up everything you have to get out, and then you're facing a well-funded, lone Democrat that uh, has been waiting to just uh, clobber. And so th- we have to change the way things have been done. Okay. Um, that's the forecast. There's going to be it's going to be an interesting 2024 election nationally with Trump on the ticket and um, statewide because we need to get behind a candidate soon. So I'm I'm thinking by the end of this year, way before the 2024 cycle, we need to be rally around the one candidate, fund them well, get them rolling to have a shot against whoever it may be, Ferguson. But the more Democrat candidates to step up, the better, because it draws away from Ferguson's lead. We don't want Ferguson. The other story I want to talk about is national. Um, I seem like I'm fixated on this transgender thing, but it's such a, a it's so many roots, so many ten, uh, tentacles to this. We know it started with the, the um, cancel culture. It's all built on each other to the point they're going to legalize prostitution, all this stuff. But the transgender thing literally is doing away with women uh, in general, right? Their safety in locker rooms was a start. Um, their uh, participation in sports. Now, uh, the women of the year are men. This transgender thing is absolutely, um, it's insanity. It's, it's mental disorder, um, but pushing upon society to reject God's truth. Uh, there's only two genders, right? But the, where I'm getting to is a story that came out that the Navy uh, hired this drag queen, um, transgender, not almost drag queen, drag queen um, person in drag to be the head of recruiting for the military, for the Navy. That makes no sense. We know that General Milley and so forth has been trying to um, 
DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, and all this stuff for our uh, troops. That's why so many, so many have left the military because it doesn't stand for what. But what we're doing is we're focusing on things that don't make us strong. We're focused on things that weaken our military. And I've mentioned before, I believe this is intentional. I think we have subversive we have people that have been compromised that the communist Chinese government is pulling strings in this com- in country, and we need to root that out, bring truth, hold them accountable, and restore our freedoms. I say all that because you look back during the Obama administration, tens of thousands of um, lower-level and medium-level um, officers were escorted out, if you will, pushed out of the military. There was like this big purge. Then what do you get after that? What you what you get is those people that are willing to um, follow along and go along with the woke agenda. Same thing happened when all this stuff happened in Seattle where a lot of the really good officers said, I can't do this, I'm leaving. Through the, the COVID uh, forced vaccinations, a lot of good employees, good police officers left the force. So what are you left with? Those that complied, those that go along, those that can be used to put a boot on the neck of the citizens, then you have increased crime. You have officers that can't pursue. You have shortened staff. You have uh, officers that make the news for all the wrong reasons. These are all, once again, you, you put, start putting all the pieces in a line and realize we're under assault. We're under attack and have been for quite a while. And it's just escalating and we're becoming aware of the attack as we go along. That's a weird way to end the show. When I started the show about God loves you, God cares about you, cast all your cares upon him. Yes, we got to pray though and obey. We got to get engaged and trust that as we move, we can take this ground back. God says, occupy. Let's go occupy. Let's go take back the ground that we've given up uh, or been taken from us from the, from the world and the enemy, which is the devil, right? So that's all I got for today. Take care. God bless. And I'll talk to you all next week on In My Opinion. I'm your host, Marty McClendon. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. do.